Hello, I'm Anna Elliott and this is Blendle Handpicked. If you give me five minutes of your time, I'll give you three stories that stood out above all the rest this week. First up today is a gut punch of a report from several investigative journalists in the New York Times on how Belgium's government effectively left many elderly COVID-19 patients to die. You've likely read about how nursing homes in many countries became death traps, thanks to poor resources and a lack of necessary protective equipment. But the situation in Belgium was even worse. According to this investigation, some paramedics actively refused care to elderly coronavirus patients, and some hospitals refused to accept them, even though they had enough beds in intensive care. Belgium now has, by some measures, the world's highest coronavirus death rate, and this investigation goes a long way to explaining why. Denying care to the elderly was never government policy, according to officials, but this report lays out how vague advice, messy bureaucracy and a lack of guidance led to precisely that situation. The description of Belgium's administrative layers, which boast not one but nine health ministers, is an illuminating example of how a lack of clarity can lead to tragedy. As one top health official testified this month, we needed several weeks to figure out who was responsible. By then, it was too late. This is hard to read, especially the first-hand accounts from relatives and care home workers, but it shines some vital light on an underreported aspect of the pandemic. The 12-minute investigation appears in last Sunday's New York Times. Next up, I've got a truly inspiring piece from Elizabeth Bernstein in the Wall Street Journal on how being kind can help you feel better, especially now. And we're not just talking about a short-term boost in warm, fuzzy feelings. Bernstein lays down some science. Studies show that when people are kind, they have lower levels of stress hormones and their fight-or-flight response calms down. They're less depressed, less lonely and happier. They have better cardiovascular health and live longer. They may be physically stronger. All that adds up to the perfect coping mechanism for the COVID-19 era. The great thing about this is that Bernstein really dives into the relatively new science behind the link between kindness and happiness. There's a great discussion from a psychology professor on how kindness activates the brain's reward system like a piece of chocolate cake would. And some types of kindness are better than others when it comes to reaping maximum benefits. Perhaps most interestingly, one study showed that people who believed kindness was good for them showed more positive results than those who didn't. There are some sweet real-life examples from people who use the pandemic as an opportunity to do nice things for people around them. And the great thing is that they don't all have to be grand gestures. Suggestions vary from giving blood to saying hello to a neighbour. If you're not sure on how to start, the piece wraps up with some helpful tips on how to make kindness a habit. For a six-minute pick-me-up, I'd really recommend checking out the piece in last Wednesday's Wall Street Journal. Finally, I've got a piece from political scientist Ian Bremer in Time magazine about how this economic crisis is shaping up to be more than just a regular recession. This will be a prolonged global depression. Bremer starts by laying down some hard predictions. Those expecting a so-called V-shaped economic recovery, a scenario in which vaccine makers conquer COVID-19 and everybody goes straight back to work, or even a smooth and steady longer-term bounce back like the one that followed the global financial crisis a decade ago, are going to be disappointed. To get your head around the rest of this article, you'll need to understand his perspective on what will happen in the near future. And it doesn't look good. 
explain what he means, Bremer spells out the difference between a mere recession that many people alive have experienced and a full-scale depression that the world hasn't seen for many decades. I'll leave you to read the piece for the full descriptions, but suffice it to say that a depression is a bigger deal, and it will change how we live in a way recessions just don't. From our attitudes to crowds of people to the way we work, this one is different, and that's to say nothing of the fragile geopolitical backdrop to the crisis. There's some smart analysis here on how the government debt of developing and middle-income countries is likely to further strain the entire global economy. So what needs to happen before a sustained recovery can take place? A vaccine. And even then, Bremer says, the fix won't be immediate. There's a lot of great analysis in here that I don't have time to go into in detail, but do read the six-minute piece from the latest issue of Time to find out more. It's a bleak outlook, but one that's important for people to consider in order to weather the coming storm. Thanks for joining me for this week's Top Stories. Check out the show notes for the links to the articles. And if you want to read more, you can go to blendle.com and subscribe to the Daily Digest newsletter, which we send out at 8am Eastern. If you want to get in touch with your thoughts on the show, you can email me at editorial at blendle.com and you can follow us on Twitter at Blendle. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.